Welcome to the Green Element Podcast, where business and sustainability come together. Hi, Miles. Thanks very much for joining the Green Element Podcast. Um, yeah, so tell us a bit about your business, um, who, who you are, what's your purpose, who you work with. Sure, thank you for having me. Um, so my business is Mindful Share. We are the healthy rest box company. Um, so every single week we send all of the ingredients pre-portioned along with recipe cards to people's homes so they can cook them up themselves. Everything can be done in less than half an hour. Uh, we're sort of the first company to, um, to do that and then we're the first company who offer gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan options and also options for uh, one-person households as well. So we were sort of, when we set it up, we really wanted to make sure we were as inclusive as possible for everyone um, so that nobody is being missed out because that was sort of the main thing we found where you know there's a big uh, market out there people who wanted to use this sort of service but um, nobody was catering for them so okay. we, yeah we went down that route um, and you know we, we don't use any refined carbs either so no white pasta white bread no processed ingredients but instead more root vegetables uh, good for you ingredients so that's why we are the, uh, the sort of healthier recipe box I suppose Okay. So have you seen, have you seen an increase in um, vegan uh, recipe boxes, just out of curiosity? Um, there are a couple trying to come out. Every, everyone seems to be doing... Vegan. Oh, I'm talking about, sorry, I'm talking about more um, people buying off you. Oh, buying off of us. Yeah. yeah sure. Um, so we, I think we started offering our vegan uh, options about probably two years ago now. We called them plant-based so we didn't scare anyone off because it was sort of that in the beginning where people were like, oh, vegan, not too sure about that. Um, so we called it plant-based and, uh, you know, I'd still say the uh, percentage of people solely getting a vegan box isn't as anywhere near as high as people getting, you know, meat and fish or a combination. But what we did find was um, a lot of our previous customers started adding in a vegan meal every week just because it's a really easy way for them to experience this sort of way of eating without, um, you know, thinking, oh, well, what can I eat? Is it just lettuce? Is it just broccoli? Like, you know, and being worried about it tasting, um, tasting delicious as well. Mm. That's sort of where the big uprise, I'd say. And do you, do you post all over the UK? Uh, we do, yes. Uh, we're as far up as uh, Edinburgh. I think you might be right now. <laughs> then, uh, I certainly am. <laughs> yeah, all, all the way down to Land's End, actually. So, yeah, all over at the moment. Okay. That's great to know. So, um, could you tell us what your business superpower is, please? Uh, the superpower? So, I suppose, um, you know, it, it quite simply is making healthy eating easy for people. You know, the, the, the the boom in sort of health and wellness at the moment and everyone being more aware of what's in their food or what they actually want to put into their bodies. Um, you know, everyone wants to try and do that, but for a lot of people, it's just a bit too much effort or seems like too much effort or they don't have the time. So we just make it really convenient and easy for, um, you know, healthy food to be delivered. But at the same time, um, you know, it is of the highest quality as well. So, you know, when we're talking about Mindful Chef, the clue is in the name. You know, we really are mindful of our suppliers, where we're sourcing ingredients from, the type of ingredients we're using, all the way down to being mindful of our customers. You know, when we started the business, it really was just our friends and family who were buying from us. So, you know, we try and treat every customer like that. Um, and as it's a small team, you can still sort of do that. So, uh, 
yeah, it works quite well. Okay. So can you tell us a bit about how you engage your staff, suppliers, customers with your mission and purpose? Yeah, so uh, our um, staff, you know, I suppose a lot of them have either, uh, you know, when you're running a startup, obviously you might not necessarily have a lot of money in the early days, so you have to bring people on, interning or whatever it might be. So a lot of our staff who are with us now actually came um, just offering help and just wanting to get involved in the whole project, you know. Um, we're trying to change the way that food is actually bought by consumers. So that instead of it going, you know, on supermarket warehouses for weeks on end, you know, it's coming direct from the farms to you and, um, and it's reducing food waste. So this was something that lots of people really get behind. Um, and, you know, we've actually found all of our staff come to us having either been customers or having followed us across social media or really engaged with the brand first. So we're quite lucky in the sense that they're already quite engaged in, in sort of the business mission. Um, but other ways we do it, you know, we had a um, big value session uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, we already had our values, but we thought, you know, it's been three years, let's bring the whole team on and really try and narrow down um, who we want to be, where we want to go. So we actually ran that as sort of the health and wellness brand, Lululemon, and our flagship club went in there for a whole morning to all the staff. Um, and just you know, did a did a yoga session first thing, and then followed that up with a couple of hours of uh, you know value setting, and really trying to hone in and be more successful, not only as a business, but for our... sort of engage with the start. And then in terms of suppliers, um, you know, myself and Robin Giles, who founded the business, we we'll make sure to go and meet all of the um, suppliers ourselves. And make sure that they actually fit in with MicroChef uh, ethos and values. And we'll also have a supplier code of conduct that we like them to sign. Um, just making sure that they're sort of fitting in with the beliefs. And we're sourcing, you know, there's complete transparency in that whole sourcing element for the customer as well. We're not trying to pull all over anyone's eyes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the suppliers get on board as well. And then in terms of uh, customers, um, you know, it's just really trying to engage in any way possible, you know, customer events in the office, um, cooking events, things like that. We have a closed Facebook group, um, and if you haven't done one of those, or suggest doing one of those. The customers really, really go for that. They get, you know, all of their pictures from the food each week. If you want to post something about a new packaging that you might be running, environmental stuff there, you know, they all put their thoughts and feedback on that. So it's really engaging with that. Okay, and we'll um, we'll definitely be posting a link to your Facebook group on the show notes at the end of it. Thank you. Yeah. So, when it comes to running an ethical and sustainable business, what's been your biggest struggle so far, and how do you think you've overcome it? Um, biggest struggle, I would say. Well, I don't, we haven't quite overcome it yet. Well, um, <laughs> but getting to profitability will probably be the first one. Um, <laughs> you know, fresh food is a, is a bit of a nightmare. We thought we should have done a toothbrush or something that you know that can sit in a warehouse for a little while. Um, but fresh food, you know, when you're buying high quality ingredients um, and when it isn't just fillers, you know, like white pasta or whatever, these sort of processed ingredients that can just sit for for months on end. Um, when you are buying fresh stuff and it is healthy, um, you know, it just costs more. 
So, you know, we, we, we're the premium service in the space. We buy high quality meat and fish, all from the UK. Um, our, our protein element is on average about 25% bigger than the other guys. So we're giving bigger portions of food as well. And with that, you know, it comes slightly smaller margins. And when you're also trying to be ethical, sustainable, you know, you're, you're trying to lead the way on things like packaging or, or um, you know, the food, the supplies you're using. Um, you know, it all just costs a little bit more. So when you want to follow these beliefs, um, you know, sometimes your roadmap might take you a little bit longer to get where you want to get to. But I, or we believe that's the right way about going about uh, business and trying to do it because then, like we said earlier, engaging with your customers and bringing them aboard, that's sort of, those are the businesses that people want to buy from now. And also it just allows you, when things get hard, you know, you can think back, oh, why are we really doing this? And, you know, mm-hmm. you can think back to that, um, that sort of element, know that you're trying to do something good. So that would be sort of one of the uh, difficulties. The other one um, that we're trying to tackle now would probably be the packaging side. So rest boxes are fantastic for food waste. I think a third of food um, globally is wasted. And in the UK, it's about... 7.3 million tons of food that we waste every single year, um, which is just crazy when you think of the amount of people who have nothing to eat, and also we're having to burn a lot of this food, so it's doing no, it's doing a lot of damage to the environment as well. So fantastic on food waste because there's no wastage at the end of your week with your food, um, but packaging, you know, we have to package a lot of individual items. Um, if it was up to us, we would just send them in bags, you know. Most of them not wrapped in anything, but sometimes the freshness, <laughs> um, you have to play that sort of seesaw balancing act with the customers and make sure they're receiving the produce the way they, they would expect us to receive it. It's, um, it's really hard, isn't it? I was chatting to a um, kite surfing company a couple of months ago, and they are trying to reduce their packaging when they send out their kites from their factories. So they started to stop using as much plastic and people were complaining because they were put, they were putting them into cardboard box. It was getting wet on the way over and it, the kites were looking more you, they were looking used when they arrived in people's shops and houses. And they've sadly had to start using more plastic again. And it's, it's not that the product itself was any, different and i guess do you think i mean i don't know the answer to this and maybe you will but do you think it the product changes if you were to use different packaging or so therefore it's all about perception so people want to have that packaging because they want their food to look like that or do you think it genuinely actually helps the food do you, do you not do you yes um, I think for food, plastic does an exceptionally good job of keeping it fresh. It does what it's meant to do. Right. Now, the problem that comes in is we're just not set up very well as an infrastructure to deal with plastic in the UK, you know, and recycling. Um, you know, there are seven different types of plastic. I think most places will only recycle two, maybe three. Yeah, virtually all of them could be recycled. So, and it really depends what borough or city you're in, in terms of the type of recycling plant you have. 
So I think that could do a lot more money going into that side so that we can recycle more efficiently. Um, but there are also, sometimes things do get overpackaged, but you know, you go to the consumer and you say, well, would you mind if it turned up, you know, slightly, I don't, I don't know, slightly wilted, or would you rather that you had the plastic packaging there and it turned up in perfect, pristine condition? And 99% of the time, I'll say that. So it's about just, just um, trying to find new ways of sending that packaging. So, you know, we, we pledged to go plastic free by 2019. Um, and or especially single-use plastic. Um, but, you know, there's lots of new inventions now in terms of the compostable fields, biodegradable fields. Um, so we're looking into those sort of solutions and, um, you know, weighing up what the best route is. Because if you change from plastic to a cardboard tray, let's say, you know, actually, it's a lot heavier to transport cardboard. So, you know, sometimes your emissions go up as a result. So it's that trying to figure out what the negative outcomes are and, and balance them up and try and find the best route. Have you, have you looked at carbon footprinting your products and, um, yeah, and see, seen comparisons or is that not something you've thought about? We have thought about it and we've started doing it. So um, predominantly we are looking at our courier network at the moment and trying to find efficiencies within that. So you do think mileage, uh, transportation, drivers, that sort of thing. And then we are also looking at, uh, yeah, sort of the, the carbon footprint of the actual boxes. So if we can reduce the total amount of packaging within the box, it's fantastic. And that's mm. what we're doing. Uh, taking sort of a look at it. Okay, okay. If you could offer one piece of advice to our listeners, which could help them with their purpose, what would that be? Um, so we started Mindful Chef, or conceptualized the idea in about um, where was it, August 2014, I think. And then you know, we didn't actually sell any boxes. Um, and the limited ones to family and friends we did was sort of uh, April 2015. Right. Um, you know, we took, that time up until January 2015 was spent just deciding who Mindful Chef would be and what we would stand for. And I think if more people did that at the beginning of their business journey and didn't have to necessarily switch, you know, halfway in or whatever it might be, then you can set out those beliefs and values that you really want your company to stand for and hold dear and, and sort of it will help you in the long term. So when we started, you know, we knew... Um, we thought wrestling boxes were great. Um, they were still in their infancy, especially in the UK. It was only really Hello Fresh and Goose, though, um, and England Cole, that was it. Um, and, you know, we decided, well, we like the idea, we just want to do it better. So we'll always source from Britain. Um, you know, there will be some items like limes or avocados you just can't grow here, so we'll have to go aboard for those. Um, but, you know, meat and fish especially, and, and majority of our vegetables are from Britain. And, you know, we said, well, we'll be gluten-free, dairy-free across everything we do. And, you know, we won't use processed ingredients, either. We'll keep it healthy. And, you know, if we change some of those, if we just said, oh, let's, you know, put dairy in, let's put some cheese on this pasta, this courgette chicken, whatever it might be. Mm. Uh, you know, yes, we might have had a few more customers, but, you know, we would have just become like everyone else. Mm. Uh, and also that stems down into our suppliers and sort of who we wanted to use. You know, we wanted to use local British farms and 
support those guys. Um, and, you know, I think if we just change that and sort of go on, okay, well, we won't be premium, we won't be quality, let's just go and source meat at the cheapest sort of price we can get it, use one of these big sort of corporations and uh, sort of amalgamates lots of farm, then, you know, people, the cons consumer would also notice that. And then we'd just be another run of the mill wrestling box. And, and it makes us a little bit more defensible when we can say, well, look, this is how we started. This is, these are the principles we've stuck to. Um, and, you know, you can be mindful of the environment as well and how you're doing business, then we just think that's managed to help us stick around a lot longer than we might have done had we not sort of done that at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's, um, I love how you're bringing the word mindful in on a fairly regular basis as well. Well, it's <laughs> a horrible type of, uh, yeah, pun, isn't it? And just, I believe, <laughs> you know, we have to... We have to say it, but it's, it's, I suppose, it, you know, we could have, the, the different names we nearly called ourselves. I mean, we wouldn't be here now had we have gone down that route. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when Mindful Chef, when we, we thought of the name, it was actually that, that sort of, ah, oh, that actually fits in with everything we want to do. It's just a nice sort of soft word, but it has a lot of meaning to it. And you can yeah. apply it in different areas of your business. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about how you approach environmental management and your carbon footprint at uh, Mindful Chef? Yeah, so um, we are only a small team. So it started off with three of us. Um, we are about three and a half years old now, uh, grown to about 15 in the office. Um, you know, and predominantly people looking after customer service, logistics, a um, bit of marketing, that's for side. Um, so looking at the sort of environmental impact has always been in our minds, but we've never dedicated one set person to it. Um, it's only been within the sort of last six months that I myself have sort of moved over to really looking after um, that side of the business. So tackling how do, we, how do we deal with the packaging? How, how do we deal with our carbon footprint? And, uh, footprint, sorry, in terms of our suppliers, in terms of delivery, um, in terms of the um, uh, ingredients we use, all of those sorts of things. So, um, so now it's me, Will, and um, But you know, uh, yeah, and that's it's great. We managed to put some more time towards it. You know, we applied for B Corp uh, status as well, um, which we're going to pass any day now, which is fantastic because that's um, oh, brilliant. You know, you know, we're at B Corp Green Element. I do, yes, I do indeed. So, uh, yeah, it's a uh, you know, when, when we'd sort of heard about it about, uh, what, three, two years ago, I think, um, and thought, oh, it's, it's quite a nice idea. But, you know, at that time, we were just, let's make sure we survive and, uh, and <laughs> we can think about these things later. Um, and, you know, we already thought, well, we're already doing a lot of this in the background. So, um, but it's a nice way, I suppose, of actually uh, make somebody holding you accountable to those sort of standards that people hold. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, it's a great standard. Um, is there any advice or learning that you'd like to share with anyone listening to this podcast? Advice or learning? Well, you don't want it from me, Will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would I say? Um, I would say, you know, take the time at the beginning to really figure out who you are and what you want to be. Um, it will help with your decision making throughout the whole process. Uh, we were very lucky that 
we set a board up early, um, you know, within sort of seven months of trading, I'd say we, we put a board in place and put some experienced heads there. Um, and they sort of helped keep us on the straight and narrow. And also when you have those values and beliefs as well, then all your decision making can center around that. Um, so that just helps you sort of stick to your morals. Um, and did you find those, the board members through your own network or did you find them, um, how did you, yeah, how did you find, find them? Yeah. So initially um, one was a, um, a very astute angel investor who actually worked, uh, does investments within the health and wellness space, who approached us um, and, uh, you know, had a lot of knowledge within this sort of sector. So, um, you know, we brought her on board and then we thought, well, if we're going to set up a board, who else would really add value? And um, we uh, managed to get a uh, chief marketing officer um, to work at Instagram uh, through a sort of loose family connection. And um, he, he was... Um, extremely experienced, very good at marketing and brand. So we thought, okay, let's try and get him on board. And um, yeah, actually, he agreed to do it. So we brought him on board as well. And, and they've really, really helped us out over the years, structuring uh, how, how we should run the business, how we want to portray ourselves, and make sure we, we stick to our, our principles. Brilliant. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much for this. Um, so, how can we learn? Um, you know, what's the best way to connect with you? Where can we find out more about you? What? Yeah, just tell us more. So, um, best way is probably at the website. So, www.mindfulchef.com, and then across social media, we are at Mindful Chef UK. Um, you know, we put all of our supplier videos, cooking in the kitchen, recipes. All of those go online and on YouTube. So you can just search for Mindful Chef; they're all up there. Um, and then probably our biggest channels, Instagram at the moment, that's where we push most of our content out so you can get recipes every week, see what, um, see some of the suppliers we use, all, all of those sorts of things. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for this today. Thank you. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing more, more, more from you and um, what you're doing. So thank you very much for joining the show. Right, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We created this podcast for you. So we'd really appreciate any feedback you want to give us. You can do that by rating and reviewing on your favourite podcast or for iTunes, visit www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash Apple. If you'd like to keep in touch, then we invite you to join our free Facebook community, which is everything to do with sustainable and ethical business. Lots of daily conversations, themes and great ideas a really great place to work and network with like-minded individuals. If you open Facebook and search for The Green Element, hit the group search function, we will let you right in. All of the show notes, any links, any references to the, on this podcast will be featured on our website, greenelement.co.uk. As a special thank you for listening, please head over to www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018 and you can pick up a free guide on how to green up and environmentalize your business or organization. That's greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018. Finally, I would like to thank Ben Chatwin for writing the fantastic opening music. He is an amazing artist with a phenomenal following. 
It was a privilege, he said yes, to even write it for us. We look forward to seeing you next week and hope you have a wonderful day.